When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. I'm Simon Rose. Now it's time for the financial outlook for personal investors. And Ross Mould, Investment Director of AJ Bear, is here to look at the world of investment from a UK perspective. Russ, welcome as Thank you. ever. So we're going to look, I understand, at results season. Well, because there's been such a deluge over the last two or three weeks, I think last week, when comically I was away from the desk running, helping run an under-12 cricket tournament, there were about 30 FTSE 100 companies alone reported their figures last week. So it's taking some catching up on those. At the same time, we've been rattling through US and European reporting season as well. So it, it, it's well worth just sort of trying to step back. And, and mm. having read as many reports as my, my eyes and sanity can withstand, I think there are generally sort of three themes to me seem to have come out of it. The first is that those companies whose business models were perfectly adapted to continuing to serve their customers mm. last year are finding things just a little bit harder this year. I'm not saying they're finding things as, as hard as some of the other industries we can think of, but uh, certainly if you can look at companies like Reckitt Benkeys or Clorox, there's not such a dash to buy cleaning fluids and hygiene products this year, for example. Um, if you look at some of the internet uh, retail sites, I know Alibaba's got political issues to think about as well, but that their numbers were a bit disappointing. Amazon's numbers would need to be a bit disappointing, at least guidance-wise. And then the social media companies, Pinterest, Twitter, uh, disappointed with user additions. I did, I did Facebook, Moonpig disappointed, uh, and Netflix disappointed. So intriguing, those companies that genuinely helped people get through mm. last year as best they could, customer additions are slowing down. They, there was probably a bit of pull forward, uh, and, and they're just finding it a little bit harder this year. Uh, then you've got the companies whose business models were not suited at all to everybody being kept at home. Um, uh, and who were, who were hit really hard. And, and a lot of them lots of them have started to come back. So whether it's uh, because you've got an economic upturn, that's starting to do think good things for the miners, for the banks, for the industrials, the car companies this week have had the, the most amazing results from Honda, Toyota, GM, BMW, VW. They've all reported absolutely stunning numbers. Um, and then the third set of companies are those who really did plan for the worst last year and are probably mildly surprised by what's happened subsequently with the result that they're now actually sharing their shareholders in cash, either in the form of, of, of mm. dividends or, or now share buybacks. Actually, Glencore uh, joined that very long list today that's got you know, all sorts of other companies on it, British Aerospace, Standard Chartered, BP, got in on the act this, this week, for example. And so that, I think, has been topping up total shareholder returns quite nicely. So three very, very distinct groups. And I guess then there's, there's, there's a going, so that all, re, all sounds overall, not, not too bad. And, and I guess that's, and I think I saw some research from Deutsche Bank that said, I think it was 85% of US companies had surprised on the upside for the second quarter results. Now, some of that may be careful expectations, management and sandbagging. And I, and I, and I think there'll be, a, there'll be some truth in that. But nevertheless, uh, at least you're seeing positive surprises, generally speaking, not negative ones. Now, looking forward, however, uh, generally speaking, companies are still being cagey with their guidance. They're not getting too carried away. I mean, as its tradition phrases, for example, today, gave no guidance whatsoever. 
but even you know Amazon and Apple were definitely a bit cagey. The car companies, um, for all of the bumper first half, all talked about things being more difficult in the second, and that a lot of that is down to silicon chip shortages, a topic that we've that we've touched upon mm. before, and that is still very very acute. Um, and that's I guess it feeds into another group of companies, which is input costs. And everywhere you look, virtually, companies are talking about either higher input costs or staff shortages. Uber's numbers last night disappointed because they're having to pay more incentives to get drivers to drive for them. Lyft, its big rival in America, was complaining about driver shortages and, and potentially therefore having to pay more. Heineken warned of higher commodities, metals prices, shipping problems. Nestle, Unilever, Stellantis, BMW, Smith & Nephew, you know, for orthopedic hips. You know, so, this, so that Smith Nephew's margin guidance for the year disappointed, and the shares took a real clobbering, which mm. I think it, it, it surprised me in a way. And because I thought Smith, Smith Nephew could be one of those hidden recovery players post pandemic, because yes. people have been putting off operations because yes. they don't want to go into hospital when the facility is full of people who've got COVID. So I think I've, I've often I viewed Smith Nephew as a sort of sleeping pandemic recovery player and so the margin used to, to hit the stock was a, was a bit of a shame but so that costs and pricing i know central bankers are still banging away well i was about to ask tra- th- th- this yes. is does it still feel to you as being transient or not it doesn't feel to me now not, not listening to the way companies are talking about it no and then the third issue is obviously we, we we've got is it 14 chinese provinces with a new variant now you've got israel moving back on some of its freedoms so you, you do still have in the background um, the uncertainty of the pandemic and, and what it means in some industries is clearly still flummoxed by what it means to them. You've had, you know, the government's been changing its rules on travel with a regular basis, so airlines are pretty frustrated. Uh, a relative of mine flew to their villa in Menorca this week, lucky them, and the plane was virtually empty. Uh, really? Intriguing. Because that's one of the easier places to get to and from, isn't it? Well, I think in the end, you know, if you're looking for a, a cheap and cheery flight from East Midlands, get to Menorca, um, the, the cost of the PCR tests will make quite a big difference to your holiday potentially. So, yes. you know, if you're on a budget, that is a major disincentive to travel. And I think that that was, so, so I think some industries, you know, my local boozer still hasn't put all of his bar stools back in. He's still keeping table service. He's keeping it very careful just so he wants to reassure customers and, and that they can be eased back in gently. Yes. So again, going to, we've had a terrific run, but overall the res- net result from earnings season has been, you know, largely, a lot of share prices haven't gone very far at all. Yes. Let's just pause for breath. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. I'm Simon Rays. You're listening to Share Radio. I'm in conversation with Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJ Bell. Um, presumably it's very hard then for companies to give forward guidance. It's, I mean, you say they're being cagey, but they... They have to give some sort of forward guidance that bears some resemblance to the real world. But if they're short of things like chips and shipping costs are soaring, but may not. I mean, obviously, everybody says the shipping company is just trying to get back some of the money they lost last year. But we've COVID is still obviously there. And there's a resurgence of new variants in some parts of the world. And others. It must be very hard for yeah. a company to give sensible guidance. And you can understand them not wanting to make a rod for their own back either. Or if they are going to give any guidance, then you, you would expect them to be to be pretty sandbaggy about mm. it. So um, I, I, I guess in terms of where it means for the wider market cycle, you know, you know Robert Ray, who wrote Dow Theories back in Dow Theory back in the 1930s, said, you know, there is a, a bull market has three phases, which is you start to see increased business confidence, phase one. 
Second phase is you actually get to see earnings and cash flows going up very quickly, mm. in, in, yeah. in fact, because the economy, the cycle is turning up, things are getting better. And then the third phase is when share prices just go up on hope and expectation and everything goes absolutely hog wild. Now, I will leave it to your listeners to decide where they think we are in that state, in that cycle, but we're certainly well into stage two, I would suggest. Stage three, I think in certain parts of the market, you can, you can, probably, you can probably see that. You can see plenty of it. Mm. Um, uh, and in some cases, you know, people have come a cropper backing, you know, some of the more esoteric electric vehicle and electric truck companies and other, bit, and other bits and pieces that have, you've almost sort of had rolling bubbles in, in, in certain subsectors where there has been a lot of hope and expectation. And as fast as one's deflated, another one's popped up somewhere, was popped up somewhere else. But it, it is generally intriguing that, you know, the, the net result of, of earnings season, okay, the S&P's just hit a new record high, the stock 600's just hit a new record high, the FTSE 100 is going nowhere fast at 7,000, where it's that could be just summertime latitude, but it's mm. done nothing for the last three months. Although the 250 and the small cap have just hit all-time highs. So I think generally the choice markets are still uh, reacting positively, but they've certainly been given a lot of pause for thought by what we've seen over the past two or three weeks with the, the commentary on things being less straightforward than maybe everybody had hoped in the second half for a multitude of reasons. And I think this inflation input cost thing isn't, it is going to be a, a, a key narrative still in the second half. And I know we've got American consumer price and producer price inflation figures next week. Um, and the, the UK the week after, I think they're going to be particularly yeah. interesting in terms of what we see with, I think the last US producer price print was 7.3%. And I think the consumer price print was five and change. Yeah. So that they are well above you know, the 2% target that Mr. Powell and the Fed have, have laid out for themselves. And so for investors who aren't convinced that the Bank of England and the Federal Reserve are right and that inflation is coming back and possibly coming back quite quickly, presumably they need to be looking for companies that are able easily to pass on price yeah, rises to customers because those companies that can't actually pass on their increased costs are going to suffer a they're going to be in, 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 in for a horrible time. And yeah. I think it's interesting that you're seeing, say, the Dow Jones transport index roll over, even though, for example, shipping costs, of containers are, are, are so buoyant and prices are so buoyant, because they're also getting a big a, a big kickback, they're getting a, a big kick in the backside from um, fuel prices, for example. So it's not, it's, it's not all free money as far as they're concerned either. But yeah, in a, in a classic sense, you're looking for pricing power companies, which is either dominant market share, technological edge, brand install base of customers sticky customers where not only do you sell them the kit but then you have to then you then get the privilege of sending around a man or a woman with a kit bag to service the equipment every year and so they're effectively captive which is tre tremendous business yes, we, were, we were always told that was the great thing about rolls royce weren't we ah yes, yes. well anyway as um, long as people keep flying yeah yeah, yeah. uh well also because the eu was looking into how contracts were structured weren't they, in terms of the mix between the initial upfront cost of the the engine and then how it was serviced but they're the things that you're traditionally looking at but if you go back to the 1970s um when inflation really began to gallop away into the mm -hmm. double digits even the best companies there was only so much they could do and mm -hmm. so i think you know it, it's the old sort of everybody likes a little bit of inflation but not too much and i think so that you've got to be careful that it doesn't really gallop away and obviously what you don't want is stagflation either which is there's, there's no growth and the, the, which is what you got in the 70s which was what really hurt corporate profit margins and all right, it, 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 yeah. it's kind of hard to see interest rates reaching double-digit figures any time in a hurry. Um, but if that ever happened again, why on earth as a company would you look to build a factory when you can get a guaranteed double-digit return by leaving your, company, your cash in the bank? So it, it does have a major deleterious effect upon uh, yes. on economic activity. So a little yeah. bit of inflation is fine, 
too much. I think would, if the 70s model plays out, it would just be bad news for equities. Select equities, consumer staples. Uh, the sectors that did best in the 70s were consumer staples, anything that went down your throat or down the sink. Weaponry, unfortunately, because there's always demand for that. Uh, and of course, gold miners, which continue looking at, I know sentiment shares are down today, and there are still questions marked over some of the quality of its assets uh, and particularly some of the exploration work that it's doing, because you follow those on Twitter, there are lots of experts out there who are bashing away at it. Um, those gold companies right now, you know, their production cost is, what, 1,000, 1,100 bucks an ounce and gold's at 1,800. So they're absolutely swimming in cash and they are returning a lot of that to shareholders, whether it's the UK-listed ones or the Americans or Canadians or Australians. And, and they are really one of the things that you would logically expect to do well in an inflationary environment, because they are yes. literally starting a gold mine. So we're speaking the stocks in that sector, isn't it? I always find an ability to fix stocks. I mean, oh my <laughs> problems of their own. I find um, them an utter conundrum, gold mines. Yeah, I think in yeah. the end, you, you are, unless you're a real expert, and even then, I think a basket of them through an ETF yeah. or a fund is probably just the easiest yes. way to go. Um, and just very, very briefly, why are the results season? Why is it always so bunched up here <laughs> and in the States? The only excuse. Uh, Partly because there is a clock ticking on when they've actually got to report by. They only have a finite period of time. And, and when you talk to companies and their PRs, and, and um, Simon English of the Evening Standard regularly pennies about this, by the way, and, and he asked the same question. He, was, he, the, he gets the same response that I do, which is, well, the CEO and the CFO are clearing off on holiday and they want to get it out the way before they go. <laughs> and that's pretty much, pretty much the way in which it okay. works. Makes sense. And they can no doubt afford all the... Uh... All the tests they have to take, unlike uh, so many of us. Russ, thank you very much indeed. Uh, I have been talking to Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJ Bell, looking at the world of investment from a UK perspective in the financial outlook for personal investment. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.